This show is a proud member of the Nerdy Legion Podcast Network. Get more at nerdylegion.com. Enjoy the show. Spoiler alert. What Did You Watch This Week is a candid discussion about recent movies and TV shows, and it may contain spoilers if you haven't watched them yet. Listen at your own risk. And welcome to episode number 46, 46 of What Did You Watch This Week? My name is Mike. And my name is John. And we're going to talk about shows and stuff. Yes, and, and that's pretty much it. Yeah, yeah. so that's 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 the focus of this show. Yep. That's what we're going to discuss. If you want information on comic books, there are plenty of resources out there. I think, I think there's even a couple of podcasts on this network you can check out. Yeah. If yeah. you want information on politics, you could spit and find 32 different sources that are going to talk to you about politics. If you want to know about dietary needs, uh, I can point you out to a couple of websites, but we're just here to talk about shows. And stuff yeah. that's related to shows. That's right. The ones that we watched. The ones that exactly. we cared about. This week. Yeah. So, um, yeah. Why don't you start us off, John? Lead the way. Well, uh, I finished Shut Eye this week. Oh, awesome. Mm. So what did you think? Well, uh, my two, like if I had to sum it up in two things, one, this show had, to my recollection, the most disturbing, uh, grossest murder scene of any show or probably horror movie that I have watched in quite a while. Um, because it was very real and very, very disturbing. And, and my second note hmm. would be that overall the show, I, I would give it like a six out of 10. Like, yeah, it, it wasn't bad at all. It was enjoyable, but it never crested above like a seven or an eight. It never got me to the point where I was like, Oh my God, this show is awesome. I can't wait to watch more. I, I enjoyed what I watched, but it was just enjoyable for me. Well, I mean, like for me, I, I really like the show. I'm I'm with you. Six or seven out of 10 is where I'd break it as well. Okay. Um, I didn't like the ending though. No, it did not make sense to me because me either in the ending, like they have this big con they're going to do at Fonzo's wedding and his, on and on and his on child's wedding. Yes. Yeah, sorry. Fonzo's daughter's his, wedding. Who's being betrothed to another 14 year old who's basically his enemy's son. So they're bringing the families together to end this feud and on and on and on. And essentially Charlie gets, uh, Eduardo, this, they never establish what he is other than he kills people a lot. Right. I don't know if he's a drug dealer, drug lord. It's definitely drug-related most likely. Oh, yeah. With that kind of but, power and influence. Yeah. But anyway, so he gets Eduardo to rob the the wedding because he knows that there's going to be like $2 million there. And, he's, and Eduardo's on his back because of something that happened earlier. I'm not going to get into all that. So Eduardo comes with his guys and they rob the wedding. And then Fonzo kills his rival 
and this and that and blah, blames it on his mother and then on and on and on. And you think, all right, Charlie's in the clear finally in his family. That's awesome. Fonzo got his. Eduardo's you know, off his back. On and on and on. And then at the end, at the racetrack, Eduardo and Fonzo come together. And they talk to each other like they've known each other. Yeah. Like they knew the robbery was going to happen at the wedding. And then they say, so what do you want to do next? And then basically that's the end of the se- end of the series, end of yeah. the season. No sense whatsoever. Nope. It's like, oh, by the way, they knew each other the whole time. Yeah. And, and there was no reason for them to. It, it wasn't like – in a different sense, in a different show, a reveal like that would have been like, whoa, I yeah. had my mind blown. They were working together this whole time. But yeah. it, there were no breadcrumbs here. There were like, they couldn't have even put together a clip package showing no. all the times that they had like given each other sideways glances. I'm pretty sure that this wedding was the first interaction the two of them ever had. Yes. Yeah. That's so, the first one we saw on <coughs> film, if you will. It didn't make any sense. No, it didn't. Yeah, and you're right. It wasn't a blow-away reveal. It was like, what? Yeah. And then the other the other issue I kind of had with it was that they never really – like Charlie's visions were never really hashed out. Yeah. Like, it seems like when they first started, it was like, okay, well, he's got to figure out how to read these, how to use these, how it's going to happen, on and on and on. But then by the end of the season, it's he still is pretty much in the dark as to why he's having them or how they happen or, or what they mean even. Well, that's the thing too is yeah. early on when he first starts getting the visions because he got the crap kicked out of him by that guy. Yeah, um, fractured his slight skull fracture. Yep. He starts having very specific visions, like yep. seeing that nurse taking something out of the kid's ear and saying, yeah, you know, he's right. got a blockage in his ear. And, and he, she even says the name of it. Yeah, and he applies yeah, okay. that directly to Eduardo and says, oh, yep. your son doesn't have Asperger's. He has this in his ear. Get it cleaned out. Boom. It's like he, he was seeing the future. Right. That's right. But then every other vision after that is vague. Vague and like – um Imagery, you know, yeah. bloody roses with dirt around them. Which ends up being this girl who's murdered and buried yeah. in his garden. I mean, like, it's, it's just, it's, it's kind of vague and weird. Like, again, I did like the show. I, yes. I enjoyed it. But those two things had me going, huh? Um, what was the horrific murder scene you're referring to? Uh, early on, I think it's like the second or third episode, Eduardo tells uh, Charlie that he thinks somebody snitched on him. And Charlie keeps seeing all these visions of people throwing oh, donuts. Yeah. And the donuts yeah. will hit the ground and they'll melt and they'll sizzle and they turn to liquid goo. So yeah. they end up going to a donut factory or sorry, a donut shop and yeah. questioning the guy who's frying the donuts. And as soon as Eduardo hears Charlie say, no, this guy's lying, he – Knocks the guy backwards into the vat of boiling donut oil, grabs his ankles, and holds him under while the guy is thrashing and screaming under the oil. Boiling hot oil. Yeah. And you get to watch. I'd say that goes on for a good 30, 45 seconds that this guy is trying it's pretty long. to live. Yeah, it's pretty long. His skin is blistering where you can see it, and it's just yeah. the bubbles are coming up. and. <laughs> And just the idea of being submerged, like drowning would be bad enough, but being drowned in yeah. boiling hot oil, getting that in your mouth, in your eyes, in your nose, it was really disturbing to watch him hold that guy under. He didn't like dunk him and pull him up. He held him there yeah, and there was he thrashing did. and kicking and screaming and 
it was much more disturbing than say seeing somebody getting their skin flayed off or something. Um, see, for me, like I, I thought I, I thought that scene was graphic as you did as well. But for me, the one that uh, was very realistic was the teenager that overdosed. Yes, because like not only did she overdose, but she she dropped to the floor. We saw the seizure. We saw the you know the the frothing of the mouth from it all, and her eyes rolling back. You know, shit coming out of her nose and everything, and uh, that's very realistic. <laughs> yeah, it, it yeah. wasn't like the normal white Alka Seltzer frothing that is right, fake right. so often. It was, it was yellow and yeah. bloody and bily and yeah, yeah, yeah. Eyes rolling back in her head and the little you know micro seizure she was having or whatever. The convulsion. It was yeah. So the show's graphic. Yep, yep. The ending's a little confusing, and uh, I didn't appreciate. The fact that um, the relationship he had with his wife, they kept trying to explain to us subtly or overtly that, you know, these two were kind of meant for each other. Never in like a Romeo and Juliet kind of way, but as in a we both are broken in the same way. Like she's cheating on him regularly with the – with the, the gypsy girl, girl yeah. Yeah. Not, yeah. The hypnotist. Not gypsy girl, but the, yeah, the hippie hypnotist girl, yeah. And she's doing it regularly. And then, like, five or six episodes in, he confronts her about it, but he's just like, you know, what was it? It was something like, you know, oh, you kissed her, you know, we have our rules. I, I accept that you have your little distractions now and then, but, you know, you weren't supposed to get so involved with her. Exactly, yeah. And so – it's obviously something that he accepts about her. This is my wife, but you know, she has to go and get some strange on the side here and there. Uh, and then she not only gets some strange on the side, but then apparently she's like, you know, well, that was good, but now I really want to screw him over. So she screws him over because he gives back the money and she's like, no, I'm going to screw him over hell with him. And then her plan falls apart and he's like, okay, I'll take you back, you know, cause we're supposed to be together. It was very, uh, bothersome for me. I didn't appreciate that aspect of things because I don't think that that would have really happened in real life. I can't imagine somebody being like, well, you tried to uh, undermine me, uh, screw me out of $7 million and run off with your girlfriend, but she screwed you over and now you've got nothing and you're back here. Okay, I'll take you back. Yeah, I would, I would agree with you on that one. That did seem quite ridiculous. In fact, if you look at the grand scheme of things, his wife did pretty much nothing for his business, and she just kind of screwed him over more times than not. You know, her actions or her temper or her manhandling of people kind of put him in a bind everywhere he turned. It really did. So... I didn't appreciate that, but if they come out with a second season, I'll, I'll likely watch it. I will as well because I am kind of interested in, in where they're going, and also I'm kind of interested in like how the hell they're going to justify those two guys, like quote unquote, hooking up together at the end. Yep, and, and what they're going to do about these visions? Like the, when you said that they never really explained it, that was a ridiculously slow burn. Like they did not. Like, like he had the MRI and he went on acid trips with mushrooms, but yeah, it's like they dragged out his visions and trying to figure them out with that blonde doctor lady and they dragged and they dragged and they dragged and it's like they're going to take six seasons just to explain his visions and that's unacceptable. Yeah, no, that is definitely too long of a burn on that. So, 
Yeah. But good. I'm glad you finished it because yep. I've, I've been having those notes in my notes for weeks now. <laughs> Excellent. So what about uh, you? What you got? Well, um, I watched uh, Gotham. Yes. And I, I will say this. I enjoyed the episode actually. I thought it was I thought it was kind of well done. Like um but the one one gl- well okay, I all right. I enjoyed the episode except for uh Selena mom crap. <laughs> like other than that, I thought I I enjoyed the episode. So let me let me get, let me uh put that one out there. One glaring thing that I was just like, well, that doesn't make any sense, and that seems unsafe, is uh, at the beginning when Joker's minions come in to get Jerome. Sorry, Joker. Jerome's minions come in to get his body. Yep. And the guards are there, and one guard starts shooting at him, and then the other one kills him because he's working with the minions. Yeah. Why is he letting him shoot at his friends? That doesn't seem logical. You think he'd because stop it from shooting? Because it's not logical. It's chaos. Because that's what the it's Joker funny. Does. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I was a little worried when that scene played out, and I was like, "Oh God, yeah. they're going to take this to just like a a PG TV type of chaos." But um, no, it, no, it was a good episode. You're right. It was. The Selena and her mom thing is done. Let's get on with it. Let's move along. Let's put Selena off screen again. Good Lord, it was terrible. Yeah. It was terrible. Let, let's get her right off screen. I'm sick and tired of it. I, I don't want to see it anymore. We all get what you're doing there. Just stop. I did enjoy the scene between Lee and Jerome in the uh, Emmy's office. when So he, much. When he wakes up. I mean, that was a really good scene. Just their whole dialogue and their whole conversation and everything it was. And when he says to her, like, why aren't you afraid of me? Yeah. And she says, because there's dozens of police officers waiting to kill you on the other side of that door. Perfect sense why she's not afraid. Yep. That she's really pissed off right now. Yes. She's a very angry woman. Yes. So, but, um, and, and yeah, I like I really, his, his little jibes, you know, he's like, why aren't you two together? I liked you two together. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I was telling somebody, it's too bad that on a show like this, where they seem to have screwed up 99% of the comic characters, that the one that they got right was the Joker. You know, I have not felt like a portrayal of the Joker was, well, I won't say that this is the best one. It's definitely not. But it's felt the most genuine of all the portrayals on this show. Yep. To what I'm used to for characters. You know, Bruce, we've already discussed, is a twat. Um, Selena, yeah. whatever. I'm so over her. Ivy, blah, blah. You know, you could go down through the list. Nigma was the closest. Nigma was the yeah. closest to the Riddler that I'm used to. And I was enjoying him until they turned him into this, you know, the behind the scenes shady guy. I'm hoping that they develop a little bit more. But this, this version of the Joker well, is really fun and really chaotic and really great. Now they haven't officially said he's the Joker yet, correct? Correct. But, but come on. He, he is. Yeah. And it is pretty awesome. Yes. Um I but, like how he stapled his face back on his body. I was just gonna say, yeah. I yeah, was expecting and, the two strings to pull it tight, but you know yeah. they went with the staples, that's cool. Yeah, I like how he stapled it back on, and then he says to him, like, yes, I'm still angry about it. He's like, he's going to leave him behind, and yes. he's like, well, I'm still, I am still angry about you cutting my face off. Yep. 
Um, but one of my favorite, another one of the things I actually did enjoy was Nigma, because Nigma wasn't even in this episode, but like he orchestrated everything that was happening to Oswald. Yes. And when you had, um, Barbara. Barbara and Oswald, their interactions were great. And I think one of my favorite thing is when, uh, Barbara calls up Nigma on the phone. All you hear is his, her side of the conversation, which is, good news, Ed, Oswald's all yours. And then, yeah, option B. Yeah. Because <laughs> <laughs> obviously he can hear the machine guns going off in the background. Right. I don't know why. That just tickled me. Yep. But yeah, I thought it was a really great episode, minus the whole Selena mom crap. Yeah. yeah, they they need to stop that kind of stuff. They need to stop, you know, trying to cram down our throat what's going on with, oh, these kids are growing up. We don't care. Yeah, I we don't really care. don't. No care whatsoever in the world. No. We know the people that they're going to become. We don't. We used to care about how they got there, but now that we see the path you've got them on, we don't care anymore. Stop it. <laughs> don't care at all. Yeah, it, yeah, it would be like. Same. It'd be like if you showed the origin story of a superhero and all you were showing were like their normal days of school, not the days that they were bullied, not the days that, you know, they uh, tried out for the track team and, and couldn't make it and got picked on. If you were just showing like the math tests and stuff, that's how much I care about Selena and Bruce right now. Um, yeah, that is very true. Fun uh, trivia thing here. Uh, I want to call him Drake, but I don't think that's it. Basically, the guy who brought Jerome back to life and then cut his face off and was wearing it. Uh, he, um, yeah, his name's not Drake, but I can't think what it is, but go ahead. He was actually in The Dark Knight. He was uh, one of the toadies under the Joker's regime that showed up at the um, when they were doing the 21-gun salute to the fallen commissioner and yeah. they all turned and tried to shoot the uh the mayor while he was up on the podium he was the one that they captured and they were interrogating later on he had those crazy eyes and oh, okay yep so it's fun that he would now be the one to bring the joker back to life small world kind oh of that thing. is funny <laughs> what yeah. yeah yeah it is now, do you think they knew that when they cast that? Like, do you uh, think there's someone, like, or it was like an after fact thing of like, oh, wow, that's weird. I can't imagine anybody on that staff being creative enough to have come up with that on their own. I think that they probably put out a <laughs> casting call for somebody who could play psychotic uh, crazy, you know, and have weird eyes. Oh, that's funny. And they were like, oh, yeah, this guy that's might work. Funny. Yeah. But that could just All right, be. fair enough. Fair enough. Yep. But yeah, good episode. Um, looking forward to seeing more of Jerome Joker. Yep. Although they can't, I, I saw a quick article on this, they can't overstay his welcome. You know, they can't make every episode about him because it will wear thin very quickly. Yes, I agree with that. He's statement. a cool character. He He's being done great, but... They need to temper it, you know, and not by killing him off like they did last time. Just yeah, no. let him escape, let him lay low for a while, and then come back in a few episodes type of thing. That's all I'm going to say on that. Um, I thought staying with the superhero theme on Monday night, I thought, uh, I thought Supergirl was good. I thought it was okay. 
It was it was the Kevin Smith directed episode. Yeah, and her her his daughter has a prominent guest role in it. Yeah, because you um, know Kevin Smith seems to have that kind of weight behind him. No pun intended. That he can throw his family members into whatever he wants and yep. say they're coming or else. I wasn't blown away by the episode by any means, but ultimately I thought it was a decent story. I guess. Um, you know, she goes, uh, she basically goes to an alternate world or an alien world or whatever it is. It's not really established other than the fact that they go through a portable and miraculously they can breathe the air on the other side. Right. Because I love how the humans go through the mysterious portal with no safeguards, knowing if they'd be able to survive on the other side or not. <laughs> but they brought guns. Right. Um,. Guns yeah. help you breathe, didn't you know that? Oh, guns do help you breathe, that's I guess. Th- that's why we have to have them. Yeah. But um I don't know. It was I would I would call it it wasn't didn't do much well. I'll say it didn't do much for the overall mythology of it all, but it kinda did because it made you realize that like was it, it's Mal whatever. Monel is thank you. Is somewhat important. Yeah, he's a prince. He he's gonna be the prince of Daxum. Yeah. So, so that he must be... know that, like he must know that's who he is and what his title is. Oh, he'll probably have some heartbreaking speech where he's like, you know, oh, I was trying to forget my past and just be a normal person, even though he really wasn't. He was trying to be a party boy and a playboy and, you know, hedonistic desires and stuff like that until yeah. he, until he got smacked around and told, you know, you need to earn a living and get a gerb and yeah. Um, you know the biggest thing that bothered me about this episode? What? And it wasn't the, you know, oh, me and my girlfriend had a fight. Is this going to be the end? We'll have to resolve it by the end of the episode. Um, it wasn't that. It, it wasn't um, the fact that they came up with a yellow sun grenade. <laughs> it was the fact that the title of the episode was Supergirl Lives. Yeah, that didn't make any sense. Like, less than any sense. We have not seen anything. We've seen episodes before where she's lost her powers. Yeah. And then by the end of the episode, she's gotten them back. If she had lost her powers, and it had been an ongoing thing, and now she got her powers back, I could see Supergirl lives. No, she just went to a planet that didn't have a yellow sun, so she, yeah. Yeah. Uh, She's never died. She's never come close to dying. Nope. Um, the literal only thing that I could think of was that it was some kind of play on things because Kevin Smith had that rough, tumultuous past with, you know, the return of Superman. Movie. Uh, yes, it, it was because the script he wrote was Superman lives. So that's exactly what it was, was a play on that old title. But, but that's I'm such reading. an inside joke that yeah. only nerds like you and I who have followed Smith's career would pick up on that. And the rest of the world is going to be going, why would this matter? Why why is she living? Not for nothing, but it's not like people pay attention to the episode titles anyways. It's like it's on, okay, but that's us. Yeah. The casual TV viewer doesn't the, – the, it's not like the episode title pops up on the screen at any point in time. No, I know. You know? It's just like those inconsiderate producers who put the guest star's name in the credits at the beginning of the show when oh, they don't yeah. appear to the end. Yep. You know? So, or, or even if they appear halfway through, they've ruined the surprise. Yeah. Yeah. Or it's like when you're watching an episode of Criminal Minds, Law and Order, any of those procedural shows, and you recognize whatever the C-list celebrity is. Yep. 
and you don't you didn't see their name in the credits, but you you don't know who the bad guy is, and then you see this C list celebrity like in the background or whatever. You're like, oh, that's gonna be the bad guy. Yeah. Oh, that's that's the killer this week. You and know? guest starring Michael Madsen. Oh, he makes a good bad guy. I can't wait to see him as the villain. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So it's along those lines. Yeah. It's along those lines. Um, timeless. Timeless. All right. So. You know how we've been saying all season long, why are they training another pilot? And then last week, Rufus is like, I'm your only pilot, yep. so suck it. Oh, this week, they're training a pilot. And what a great continuity thing, you know, that they yeah. actually uh, followed up on that. Yes. Yeah, they did. Because she's like, I told you to pick a side. And he's like, I did. The bad guy side. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> exactly. I mean, that's essentially what happened. Yep. <laughs> Evil laugh and all. Um, so this week's episode, they go back to uh, just James in the Old West. And um, for whatever reason, and I don't know why, but Flynn recruits Jesse James to help him find someone. Um, is it to get him through the Indian Territory? Because I can't think of any other reason why Jesse James is there other than to say, oh, Jesse James. I think that it had to be to get him through the Indian Territory if they're – if you're – you know, asking the writers, but yeah, I felt it was yeah. the same way. He could have found anybody as a guide it, through the, yeah, character. because they didn't even show Jesse talking to the Indians. He just goes, now you'll see why you brought me along. And then it cuts to another scene and that's it. I mean, like, you, well, don't then even you talk- come back and they're all dead. That, yeah, you come back and they're all dead. Right. Yep. So maybe, so he didn't even talk to the Indians. Just, that's the other thing. I, that's one of my notes. This portrayal of Jesse James is odd to me because in every other movie or TV show that I've ever seen, Jesse James's character is so romanticized when he's portrayed as being like the 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 the, the bad guy with the heart of gold who who only did wrong because he was wronged and you know they always give a justification for the things he's done and in this one he's just portrayed as being basically a murderous sociopath. Right. Yeah. So that was different. That was different. It, it was different, but, you know, everything is romanticized about the Old West, as we know. Yes. Um, and I think that they had to – I love this show, but I feel like all the characters that they bring on here are yep. sexified, romanticized versions of themselves. You know, once yep. again, we don't find any ugly people in the past. True, true. Everyone that they come across is like the picturesque, statuesque version that we've all read about in the history books. Jesse James, that sex symbol, oh my god, yep. that, that voice could melt butter on its own. Look at him. Mm, don't you want to carve off a piece of that? Even the uh, the Black Ranger, who, uh, no, not from Power Rangers. The Lone Ranger, you mean? Yes, the Lone Ranger. Yeah. Um, was a sexified version of, you know, he, he couldn't have looked more like Denzel Washington without being Denzel Washington. Uh, I can't think of the guy's name. It's Bass something. And I looked him up actually online because I find myself doing that when they have secondary characters like that that I've never heard of. I look him up online. And actually, and I agree with you, he was a good-looking guy, if you will, but the pictures they had from him, like the old black-and-white photos, looked looked a lot like him. Did I it? thought that was yeah, it did. It actually looked at the actor and him, they looked a lot alike. Good. Um but I just thought it was funny they got that um 
I don't know what his name is, the actor, but he played Tonto or he played the Indian. Mm-hmm. And uh, I loved how like Rufus and Wyatt were marking out or, or, or fangirling, whatever you want to call it, about it's the Lone Ranger and Tonto. Yeah. And then he's and, like, Tonto? Yeah. <laughs> you guys just called me stupid in Spanish. And uh, whatever it was. <laughs> and I loved it when they got to this, they got to like this scene or whatever it was of the crime. And he goes, so you're going to like use track and use the spirits to try and guide you along the way or something like that. And Tonto's like, oh yeah, I'm going to blah, 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 blah. Really? No, we're going to go talk to the person and get their <laughs> statement and then look into it. We're investigators. Yep. Right <laughs> I just, I thought that was funny as well. Oh yeah. The, the way that they, yeah. yeah, the show seems to want to, in its own way, correct history. Yeah. Um, not by changing history, but by, you know, you're watching this, they're going to tell you the way that it more likely was. You know, the Lone right. Ranger was not a white guy firing silver bullets with his trusty Indian companion, Tonto. And, and you know, they never got back to that. Yeah. Uh, to, you know, cause his friend died on this mission. They never got yep. back to whether or not they changed that part of history. Like, did the Lone Ranger serials still come out? You know, was he still yep. an icon? That's true. Huh. But Jesse did get killed. He still yep. got shot in the back. Yep. Uh, uh the- by the cowardly, uh, Lucy. <laughs> yeah, that was odd. She's yep. the one that pulled the trigger on that. Yeah, yeah. Uh, another thing we learned in this episode is that the was a uh, the original pilot before Rufus. Uh, allegedly, she had died on a mission, or missing on a mission, but when in fact she was hiding out in the old west, and that's why Flynn was there to get her. Yeah, yeah. Which made sense. I mean, you, yeah, it would be foolish to imagine that you know Rufus happened to be the one and only guy who had ever passed the training and. You know, was there from the beginning because he's a younger guy. You know, yes, he is. he's probably in his mid thirties at best. So yeah, now Flynn has another pilot, and yep. uh, and the uh, the girl who's but more than pilot, that, but more than that, she knows secrets. Yes, and that that was the big thing. She knows things. Yeah. We don't know what things yet, but she knows them. I'm sure we'll find these things out. Yes. Jack. But um, not on the next episode, because the next no. episode is going to be an 80s-themed episode where we focus just on Wyatt trying to get his wife back. Yes, that was the other thing. And the show opened with Wyatt going to the prison to confront the man that Flynn told him killed his wife, mm-hmm. and the guy pretty much confesses to him. Yep. And he says... He doesn't say if I could go back and change things, I would. He goes, I just, he goes, he goes, you know, like, yeah, I know exactly who you are. And he said his name and everything. He goes, but it's not like I can go back and change things. Right. Right. And why it's like, oh, oh, if you had a time machine. <laughs> um, and then, oh, like, yeah, uh, the, the new girl's trained to be a pilot. Yeah. And, and, she's- and it's. She's doing a little digging around. Yeah. And as soon as it was revealed that she was training to be a pilot and allegedly is going to replace Rufus in six months, my, I immediately thought, oh, sure, that character is not going to be with us very long then. No, no. She'll be killed. Which is too bad because you yeah. know, she is a cool character, the little bits that we've seen of her. Yep. So still like the show. My wife still loves the show. Oh, yeah. I love it. Yeah. Um, yeah. 
Did you watch? It was Lucifer on this week, sir. Yes, Lucifer was on this week. Um, it was actually a better episode than I've seen recently. You know how I had said that we got the big reveal before we went away for the season or for, you know, a little while. And then when we came back, it was kind of back to form of the goofiness. This one was a, uh, it was actually a good episode. I think you would have liked this episode. It, uh, it featured a scientist who was sending successful people videos. Like the first one was a, uh, an actor, a very prolific actor. And he sent him a video and said, you know, I've strapped down this, uh, innocent college student. You have 24 hours to either carve up your face or he's going to die by poisoning. If you carve up your face and I see video proof, then I will send you this antidote and you'll be able to save the kid. It was a saw kind of thing. It, it turned out that what had happened was this guy was caught on video because he was a science professor type person, chemist, and he had taken a ride through Uber and uh, there was an accident and the car flipped over and it was on fire and the Uber driver was trying to get out. This guy had gotten out and he ran back and grabbed his laptop with his dissertation on it and left the Uber driver there. And he made national news for being a coward and a jerk off and, you know, because he had left a human to die so that he could save his work. So he was trying yeah, to yeah. prove that other people in the same position would do the same thing. So, you know, then he targeted this world famous surgeon and told her that it, she could mangle her hand and he would give the antidote to this other girl. He had these designer, um, specifically designed poisons for people. And, uh, so he would give the antidote if she mangled her hand. She had 24 hours type of thing. And by God, she stuck her hand in that garbage disposal. Um, because she wanted to save another human life. But he was just trying to prove that point. It was an experiment to him. Uh, so it was a really cool twist there. But also, um, Mom and Maze talked, and Mom explained to Maze that, you know, Amenadiel blessed Chloe's parents, so God wanted Chloe to be in Lucifer's path, and they didn't want to tell him at first. Well, Mom wants to tell him. Chloe, uh, uh, Maze said no, but by the end of the episode, he found out. In a dumb way, but he found out. So he now knows that the whole reason that Chloe is around is because God wanted her that way, which pisses him off because it's his dad interfering again. But we don't have time to celebrate that because... Uh, Chloe got poisoned by that professor as well, and now she could be dying. So the professor's dead. He killed himself. So uh, what, what does Lucifer have to do to save her? He has to go to hell uh, because that's where the professor is. It was fair good. Enough. It was good. I liked it. Um little more story building on, you know, the whole Chloe-Lucifer thing. Uh, but I really appreciated the villain of the week. It wasn't just some, you know, snotty playboy or bored housewife or something like that. Oh, and the actor, he was, um, trying to think. he was the, the main FBI guy in white collar. You know, he was also in carnival. You know, the guy I'm talking about. No, nothing completely muted here. Sorry, I'm on mute. Yes, I know who you're talking about. I can't think of his name, though. Yeah, but you know the guy. I know exactly who you're talking about, yes. Yep. So, he plays a good villain when he wants to. Yes, yes, he does. Yeah. So, yeah. I liked it. It was a good episode. Cool. 
Yep. Um, Shield. Yes. Uh, LMD May confronts the doctor when she finds out that she's not real May. Right. And, you know, she finds out that she, because of programming, will not be allowed to tell Coulson who she is, not be allowed to stop him, not be allowed to do a lot of things. She won't want to. That's right. She won't want to. Even if she wants to, she won't want to because of programming. So that sucks. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) And and I got to admit, on this episode, like, I happened to open up Facebook one day. I don't go on Facebook much these days, but I happened to open it up and I saw this headline that said, did you see that twist coming with the second LMD robot? Oh, I saw that same dumb headline. And I went, oh no. So all through the episode, I'm like, is it going to be this person? Is it going to be this person? And it was literally the dumbest person that it could have been. Yes, it absolutely was. At the end, I thought it was going to be Fitz. I thought it was going to be Talbot. See, I thought it was going to be Fitz. And then... Then when Fitz, like, grabbed the gun and shot the doctor in the head, I'm like, oh, okay, it's the doctor. And then we find out that he's working with the senator the whole time. Yeah, yeah. Now, here's the thing. The the Ava bot that he created was, you know, such a prized possession for him, and it took him so much time and so much effort. And they're kind of undermining that by making Having him – five face- others? yeah. Yeah. And yeah. he's got like a whole bunch of Ava bots. Plus now he's made one that looks exactly like himself, yeah. at, which we still haven't figured out how he can do that. Like it's one thing to say, I want Ava to look just like this, but to have one that looks identical to another human being, like you have to get all of their measurements. You have to get all of their birthmarks, their moles, their wrinkles, right. everything like that. And somehow he has the tech to do that. So yeah, it's definitely not as simple as they're let, making. Uh, Allowing it to be your, you know what I'm saying. Yeah. It, it seems to me like they're trying to do a spin on the old Skrull storyline. You know, the secret invasion where the Skrulls came down and they replaced some of the heroes without anybody knowing. But that's because the Skrull were shape changers and they could change to be looking just like the heroes and take their powers and stuff like that. But this is a guy building robots. Yeah. And... I can't see how he's really able good to, robots. Yeah, I can't see how he's able to get that level of intricacy of some, like I couldn't tell you what I look like unless I've got a mirror. Yeah, that's very true. So it it was quite unbelievable for me. You know, he's he's duplicated May. He's duplicated himself. Like, how is he doing this? He must, yeah. like, I, I doubt that S.H.I.E.L.D. has a file that, that details every single mark on Melinda May's body. Yeah, yeah, especially to that detail. Yeah. Especially to that detail. So, little unbelievable for me, but I don't know. I'm still enjoying the series. Oh, yeah, no, no. Again, like, I actually, I so far, I haven't hated any episodes of what I watched this week. Type me of thing, either. You know? Um... Well, As a matter of fact, some of the other episodes that I, I hadn't, I didn't like previously, mm-hmm. if you will, I, I am enjoying now. So, or you know what I mean, like, or the had been bad episodes. I feel like they're better. Yeah, so yeah, I get gotcha. you. Yeah, that's what I'm trying to say now. Yeah, 
Yeah. All right. So, um, let's see. Uh, Flash. Ah. Uh, savior so, of the universe. So Julian joins the team. Yep. I didn't see that one coming. Did you see that one coming? I'm being sincere. I kind of did because they had to do something with him at this point. Uh, and at first I was a little upset that the something that they were going to do with him was send him back to the lab and have him toil there in obscurity because he was still angry and Christmas didn't warm his heart at all. Yeah. Okay. But, but I knew that they had to do something with him, you know, all that knowledge, all that information, the world's leading foremost expert on metahumans, horseshit. Um, yeah. You know, th- there are guys sitting in that lab, like, say, Cisco Ramon, who have studied metahumans for years now, in captivity, up close, in battle, etc. I think they might be. You know, Cisco's the guy who created the power dampening bracelets. I think we might give him the title of um, foremost expert on metahumans over Julian. Yeah, I would definitely say Cisco Ramon over Julian. Yeah. 100%. Yeah. I'd even put Caitlin another step above Julian because she's been right there as well. And she's a biology student. So, yeah. And what would be a surprising turn of events on Arrow, but not really on Flash, uh, Barry tells the team about what he saw in the future and Iris's death instead of holding it all to himself. Yeah. Yeah. Except they still aren't going to tell Joe because of the, right. you know, ironclad logic that, well, if we tell him, he'll be so mad, he'll go after Savitar himself. How? Yeah. How is he going to, what's he going to do, get in his car and go drive around somewhere and be like, I don't know how to find this guy, <laughs> but I'm going to kill him. I think Joe's been around long enough to recognize the fact that he can't do Jack. Yeah. And he'll huff and he'll puff and then he'll go go get him buried. But, but he will not blow their house down. Nope. Nope. Um, but again, otherwise, I thought it was a good episode. It was a good episode. Um, yeah. They uh, they're incorporating Wally more. I really like the spin, which is something that they can do in a lot of other shows. Well, Legends could do if they decided that they wanted to. We'll get to that in a minute. Um, <laughs> is you know they outlined the rest of the season for us with the headlines that they saw in the future. You know, they had yes. that nice little story about the dominoes. And if you take one domino out, then they still fall down. You got to figure out which dominoes to take out. But, you know, they, they outlined the different headlines that were on the news ticker to tell us what's coming up in episodes. Like, you know, music Meister signs six figure book deal. Well, that's from the upcoming, uh, Musical crossover. And then uh, City still recovering from guerrilla attack. That's the two-part grand scope invasion of Grodd and his hyper-intelligent guerrillas. Um, And they're working towards changing those headlines, like with having Kid Flash arrest uh, the guy. Yeah. Flash and yeah, yeah. And, and stopping the whole, you know, Killer Frost still on the loose by giving her a vaguely Tony Stark arc reactor looking pendant that, yes. you know, can't easily be ripped off her neck at all. Yep. I'm sure no hey. mugger would be like, hey, yeah. I want to take that. Uh, that was the other thing, too, that um, was interesting and kind of like, uh, like it's it's sometimes Jul- um, um, Ramon's mind with technology is just like, oh, hey, I happen to make this for you. 
Yeah. I was just sitting around. I whipped this, this, this up with these spare parts laying around in my lab. <laughs> Made you a beautiful pendant as opposed to those bracelets. And it's solar powered. Julian yes. helped out with that part. Yes. It's charged by the sun. Yes. Yeah, it's just kind of like, all right, that's a little bit of a stretch. I mean, he's a genius, yes, but that's sometimes it's a little much. And why, if he had the bracelets and they were malfunctioning, why did it take Julian to be like, hey, what if you put it on a necklace and made it solar powered? <gasps> genius. I get sometimes you're so in the middle of a problem that you you need to be able to step back and see the big picture or another set of eyes can help, but... Yeah, that just seemed a little bit too easy of an answer. Yep. Yeah. Um, and, and let's talk for a second about the Star Labs Museum. Yeah. Okay. This is their base of operations. This is where they keep live prisoners without trial, you know, without benefit of lawyers' intervention. They keep live metahumans in the back. Yeah, they essentially kidnap people and yep. violate their civil rights. And they keep them in the pipeline of the, the quantum accelerator that pretty much everybody who's taking a tour would be like, we want to see that part. Yep. And no, sorry, you can't see that part. It's too dangerous. Uh, not to mention the fact, what happens when Barry and uh, Kid Flash are going out on missions or coming back? They, they're going to run right through, what, the gift shop? People are going to be standing there with their little flash smoothies and they're going to see the wind blow by them and they're going to be like, wow, every time I'm here, Flash or Kid Flash is here. I wonder what's up with that. That is a weird coincidence. Yeah. Or the fact that we've had multiple villains break into Star Labs and torment people. Why wouldn't yep. more of them be like, great, I'm going to stomp through here, take some hostages. It seems like a bad idea. Like if they had opened it off the place, you know, like somewhere else. Yeah. I could have understood it, but in the middle, that's like giving walking tours of the hall of justice. <laughs> Just yeah, no. not a good idea. Well, you're right. That is like, <laughs> or the bat cave. Yeah. Or sorry, yeah. Wayne Manor. Right. Especially the room where the bat poles are. <laughs> and the glass owl statue. Apparently. Yes. Yes. <sighs> um, Want to talk about Legends? You want to jump right into Legends? Oh, let's jump right into Legends. So, just starting off, the Legion of Doom was introduced by name. So, I thought that was kind of neat. And the fact that he re reflected that it was from an old Hanna-Barbera cartoon he used to watch? Yes, I thought that was pretty cool. That was my favorite part of the episode. Yes. <laughs> and then there's the rest of the episode. Yeah, exactly. Like, so the reason why Rip hasn't been there is because he he doesn't he doesn't have his memory anymore. Right. He nuked himself, but, basically. Yeah, but he still has his memories, so to speak, in the deep recesses because he's writing a play about their adventures. Mm-hmm. Yeah. For film school. For for film school that he's in, and he doesn't have a British accent anymore. Nope. Very American. Yeah. Yeah. So that was interesting. Yep. Um. And his prop master is a young Mr. George Lucas. And if you don't know that it's George Lucas by the glasses and the beard and the hair, don't worry. They're going to say his name 75 oh, times during the episode. Yeah. And then because George Lucas decides not to make Star Wars and Indiana Jones and all of a sudden uh, – oh, God, I forgot their names. Brandon <laughs> – Brandon Routh. Ray and um, – Yeah, 
steel. Yeah, Ray and Steel, all of a sudden, they don't get into being scientists or archaeologists, and so now they've forgotten everything they know. Which, this Now Ray's the, just a brain surgeon. Yeah, and, and uh, Steel is a yoga instructor. Yoga instructor, yeah. Which, yeah. this is the first time that they've introduced in this show the concept that something that they do right now could start rippling out to the team. It was really ridiculous that they would pick this moment. The immediate effect, yes. yes. You know exactly yes. what you're talking and about. And those like, movies apparently had zero effect on Stein or anybody yeah. else on the team, you know, because they, they were all perfectly fine. They were still themselves. It was just they had to find a way to take the powers away from the two nerds. Yeah. It was ridiculous. And like I said, they didn't call him George. They called him George Lucas over and over again. Yeah, that you're, was the other weird, weird thing, the way they said his first and last name at the you know, yeah. every time. Come on, George Lucas. You need to go back to school, George Lucas. And they had the I've got a bad feeling about this line. They had the trash compactor scene, which George Lucas got them out of by screaming at the top of his lungs, I want to direct. And shockwaves went out across the universe. Yeah. And and then, um, um, for, you know, correct me if I'm wrong. Did they say it's a trap at any point? Uh, I believe that they did. I can't remember where, but I was like, oh, yeah, here we go. It's a trap. Yeah. So it was. And then here's the thing. We've got three members of the Legion of Doom. Now, yeah. Legion implies a lot. Yeah, exactly. You know, you don't say three guys are a Legion, but whatever. I guess I'll give it to them for now. However... Two of those three members are pretty much just fist fighters. Anytime they're about to get their asses handed to them, which seems to be, you know, three quarters of the way through every episode these days. It seems to be all the time. Suddenly the reverse flash comes in and just mops the floor with everybody else because he is unstoppable to the legends. Even with the gun that will slow him down, he got over that pretty quickly. Yep. Yeah, I've noticed that myself. Yeah, so they've got one villain that they can't stop. They can't do a thing against. And then they've got these two, you know, Curly and and Larry, basically, who beat them up and and fire guns at them and stuff like that, but can't really do much of anything. And it's kind of dumb, you know? A superpowered team against basically two henchmen and an unstoppable force. It's very unbalanced when it comes down to it. But don't worry, because, you know, the reverse flash, as fast as he is, was able to um, drop the amulet on the ground. So now they can find all the pieces of the Spear of Destiny. Yeah. Uh, that was convenient. Yeah. Yeah. That was it, super convenient. And I love how a made-up biblical uh, artifact... An old stick has the power to rewrite reality. Yeah, and that's how uh, Rip erased his mind. Yeah. Marvel has the Infinity Stones forged at the beginning of the cosmos and, you know, containing certain aspects of the energy that was used to create the cosmos. DC has a stick. (laughs) A stick from... The Bible. It's true. Which most people argue about whether or not that is accurate. <laughs> oh, it's true. It, it bothers me. 
it could rewrite reality. These wouldn't be time ripples. They would rewrite everything. Stop it. Okay, so you're going to give them the power of a god. What's going to be next season? Hmm? What, what are we going to fight? They're getting into the supernatural uh, trap where they just keep fighting something that's tougher and tougher to the point where there's not going to be anything left to fight that, you know, goes one step higher. Supernatural fought God. Where yeah, do you go right. from there? Yeah. Yeah, I was not impressed by this episode of Legends of Tomorrow. I was quite frustrated by it. Um, so many, so many things that I had problems with, but it got renewed for another season, so. Now, do you know, is Tuesday its new permanent home? I believe it is because of the new uh, Riverdale now is on Thursdays after Supernatural. Supernatural has actually moved to 8 o'clock. Yes, yes. Yeah. It just, it seems odd because they had the whole, like, that was the the four-episode crossover kind of depended on Legends being there, so I guess... Because I, I thought think. about that myself, like, in the going forward in the future, are the crossovers going to be, uh, like, you know what I mean? They have to change the lineup as far as yeah. the order of shows. I mean, like, so was this was this planned in advance to move the series, or are they just not going to be involved in any future crossovers, or... And, and call me weird, but I kind of liked having, you know, one show per night. I thought it was a nice spread out. You know, I actually did, too. I enjoyed having the Monday through Thursday DC superhero shows on CW. Yeah. Yeah. I, I thought it was real good. And, and I'll tell you, putting Legends on right after Flash does not make it look any better. Like It, it really doesn't, no. <laughs> like, Flash oh. looks great, and then you jump right into Legends, and it's like, holy crap, this is not... Nearly the caliber. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let's get out of the superhero world. Okay. Let's talk about This Is Us. Yes. Now, I watched two episodes. Okay. I watched last week's... Well, I, I watched the last most recent two episodes. Yep. So you watched um, um, The Big Day, which was the compilation of the day that they were born. Yes, we learning about the doctor and the firefighter and basically how Jack feels about his family, like talking to Miguel and the other people at the uh, golf pro shop or whatever. Yes. Um, I enjoyed that story. The firefighter story I wasn't attached to because it's a character we only met briefly that one time at the beginning. So right. the fact that unless he's going to be a factor later on, the fact that he and his wife are, you know – on the rocks and they're going to get things better. I, I don't care. Right. Uh, Joe McCraney story. Awesome. Because that's a character yeah. that I'm invested in, if you will, or attached to. And it was tragic, but not like cheesy Hallmark tragic. Yes. It was exactly. very believably tragic. Yeah. It, it, yes. Believable. Exactly the correct word. So, um, yeah, I, I just, I really like this show. And then yeah. the most recent episode, three sentences, uh, yeah, uh, let's start out with Kate. Kate goes to Adult Fat Farm, which I didn't know existed. <laughs> did you say did or didn't? Did not know existed. Okay. My wife looked it up. She was like, what? They have Adult Fat Camp? So she looked it up because she just wanted to know how much it would cost. And uh, she found one in Vermont. It's $2,500 a week, but if you pay for four weeks, it's only $9,000. Oh, only? Yeah, they knock a grand off. Wow. That's so nice of them. That's <laughs> so absurd. Anyways, um, but yeah, so she goes off to that instead of getting the gastric bypass surgery. 
So that storyline was kind of like, all right, whatever. Because um, she was nervous after Toby's surgery. Yes. And then she gets hit on by a fellow named Duke there. Yeah, which I don't like him. Um, I don't like him either because he's a slime ball. because I like Toby. He's not only a slime ball, but he seems vaguely rapey. Like, yeah, yeah. Like, he gets yeah. right up in her face and he's like, oh, this is going to happen. And she's like, no, it's not. And he's like, oh, like, we, oh, yeah, yeah it is. is. Don't like, you know how sexy you are? I'm in cabin 13 when you're ready. Yeah. He walks up. I'm like, like, trust me, this is going to happen. I'm like, that's something a rapist says. <laughs> that is not a romantic gesture. That's not even like, you know, a Hugh Jackman in Wolverine kind of thing. Like, this is a rapist saying this is going to happen as he, like, licks a piece of her hair or something. Oh, that was weird. Yeah. 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 I, um. I so that's Kate's that. storyline for this episode, essentially. Yeah, where she basically goes to the fat camp and, like, doesn't like it at first because they have no gym and it's not what she was expecting and they're just, like, banging sticks and stuff. And she's like, it's no, I'm out of here. Thought. Yeah. So... So, yeah, then Buddy Boy there tells her that her voice is annoying his horses, so get out. And yep. that, that inspires her to fight harder. Yep. So then Randall. Uh, so Randall's storyline is that he really hates this other guy at his job. We don't know why, other than Randall is apparently hyper-competitive. And so he said gonna... many times he has to be the best at everything. Correct. But, yep. but he hates this other guy. Hates. He hates him. And so basically he has to, uh, he has to put like a, basically a, a plan together. They both have to put some sort of plan together to show how they would handle this big project and whoever does the best job gets it. And I love when the boss says, God, if they did a reality show about our jobs, it would suck. Yes. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and I agree. It would be awful. Yeah. Um, but Randall gets sidetracked because his dad. Wants him to wants to he comes and visits him at work and he's like, Hey, it's a beautiful day out. I may not have too many more beautiful days. Uh you know, give me a ride, basically. And how they got through all of those scenes with Randall and his dad and the uh egg cream soda and the sunglasses and the driving around the car, how they got through all of those without ever once playing some version of Cats in the Cradle, I don't know. <laughs> but they did a good job of it and uh it was uh, – he's like, why aren't you drinking your drink? Because it's not the right time yet. Yeah. <laughs> and then he tells a story about being a kid and waiting outside this record store and the owner rolling up in his fancy car with his favorites – with his grape soda and his sunglasses on and his music playing and just how cool he looked and how that's something he's always wanted to do. That's a lifelong dream of his. And so Randall like decides, you know what? This is more important than being hyper-competitive at work today. Right. Yeah. So I thought that was cool. So he has a touching moment with his dad, which he's had yeah. a few of those now. Yeah. And then, you know, his dad doesn't know how to drive, so he teaches him to drive by driving in circles around the parking lot at a slow speed. Yeah, pretty much how most parents teach their kids to drive, yeah. except this was a role reversal. Yep. And then Kevin's storyline, which is uh, mixed in with Toby, because Toby can't fly. He's got to stick around town for a couple weeks, but Kate's going off to fat camp. So... She gets Kevin to hang out with uh, Toby, and I love it when they go to they go to the the club or whatever it is they go. It's daytime, so I don't know exactly where they're going. It was, it was like a sky bar restaurant type thing. Yeah, yeah, and they go up there, and 
I like the comment. Those two girls look like Westworld hosts. <laughs> yes, because Toby is awesome and nerdy. And yeah, and then Kevin goes like, "I've seen this a thousand times. I know exactly what's going to happen." I'm going to go, "Oh yeah, I'm on the, I'm on the, I'm on the Manny. Yeah, it's great. Blah blah blah. Then we're going to have sex and take a shower. Maybe have sex again. Eat some food and have sex. And I'm going to wake up and leave. Da da da." And Toby's like, "Are we even the same species?" <laughs> Good stuff. Yeah. So it was just, there's some good humor there, and it's funny. And but, then, but then go we ahead. got introduced to, you know, he was trying to pick between Sloan and crazy Olivia, which yep. I still don't understand how that's a thing. How is he still considering I her? I don't get it. When, when he shut her well, down she, and he was like, I'm going to go with Sloan, and she's like, I'm going to go have sex with a random person, and it's going to be amazing. Yep. And he's like, I still like her. What is wrong with you? things really but then you know toby basically says imagine you've got 30 seconds to win back the love of your life you get three sentences close your eyes and think of her yep and it turns out that it's an un yet a yet unintroduced character yes which it's it's kind of interesting because um the flashback scene is they're all going to be 10 and they want their own birthday parties. Yep. Well, Randall doesn't care, but Kevin and Kate want their own birthday parties. A Madonna party, a Princess Bride party, which I loved, by the way. And uh, and then Randall's like, well, can I have a magician? Sure. Okay. Yeah. And he has to invite everyone in school, but only three people show up. And his parents are devastated that only three people, sh- three people showed up. But Randall doesn't care because those are his friends. Yeah. Yeah, he says, yep. I've got three good friends, and that's more than that's, enough. Exactly. that That's pretty good. Yep. So, yeah. But it turns out that uh, that the whole Princess Bride party, because Kevin was fr- afraid of the Princess Bride movie, but now he's going to be 10. So, you know, when he was nine, he was afraid of it. But he's going to be 10, so he's fine with it now. Yeah, he's tough now. But it turns out that that party may have been more for the benefit of Sophie. Kate's best friend. Who I almost feel like is only Kate's best friend because of Kevin. Yeah. But I almost feel like at the same time, Kate knows that and doesn't care because she's an enabler to her brother and has been her whole life. Yep. Yep. She was still a bit bummed that all the girls left her party and went out to be at the Princess Bride party and watch the movie. But, I mean, come on. They're kids. A movie's on. You know they're going to go to that. Right. Exactly. That's how kids are. But we learned that this is Sophie, and this is a girl at 10 that he's in love with. And that they apparently get married later on. Yeah, because fast forward, that's whose door he goes to. And she's like, oh, my husband, my ex-husband from I haven't seen in 12 years shows up and da-da-da-da-da. So something happened there. I'm betting it was the Hollywood lifestyle. He got cast and, you know, made it big, and she wanted to stay relatively low-key, small-time. And, uh, you know, he was like, no, no, I've got to go be a star. And it broke them up. But then again, this show doesn't always deal in typical cliches. So they could pull something completely out of their butts. You know, maybe she wanted to be a lawyer and he didn't. Maybe she's the one that broke up with him. Well, either way, he is still pining over her. And that's who he still loves since he was 10. Well, 
I mean, that's a romantic gesture, but at the same time, we saw that he's still not over Olivia, and he was still considering Sloane. He's still a man-child, basically. But the thing is, the reason why he could be having such horrible relationships with anyone he gets together with, or they always fail, or he always sabotages them, or whatever it is, is because he's either always comparing them to her, or deep down, they're not her, so he doesn't put the effort in, and he dooms himself. Could be. Could be. Either way, it was a good episode. It was, yes. And the big thing at the end that kind of got me a little bit was Kate is at the fat camp and she's sitting down and she's doing the drumming on the floor. And at first she thinks it's dumb. But then the more she gets into it, the more she thinks about all the things that have upset her mm-hmm. or made her feel bad. And we start seeing a bunch of flashbacks. And then we finally get kind of a big reveal, which is we're at dad's funeral. Yes. And at, and there's no dates or anything, but nope. at first they're just showing us feet, and then they show us mom's necklace, and then yep. they show us the kids, and they're versions of the kids we've never seen before. So they're they're like say fifteen. Uh, I don't know. They looked. Remember, we've seen versions of the kids at the high school football game. Yeah, when the two boys were playing opposite teams to each other. Yeah. They they looked closest to that in my opinion. Maybe a little bit older, maybe like 18, 19. Okay. Well, Kate was so short and not that big. That's why right. either was it maybe her dad dying was a catalyst that made her gain a bunch of weight? Could be. Possibly. Yep. But regardless, they weren't it gives us a time frame that of when dad died. Yes. Which is when they were in like probably their mid to late teens. Yes. Yep. So. And and I'm imagining that that's exactly what it was, you know, because he even said, Dad even said in this episode that he can't make Kate smile anymore or he can't make her feel better and that's kind of yeah. his thing, you know, yeah. at that party. But then they kind of, you know, they all had their joint party afterwards, like the yep. old days, and so everybody felt better. But I'm betting that, you know, her dad was always her biggest fan. Her mom always made her feel bad about her weight and tried to push her, and dad was always there for her. So when he died, it probably did, you know, undermine everything that she had done to this point. And so she went ahead and couldn't control herself anymore, and that was what started her gaining the extra, extra weight. Yep. Seems accurate. Yep. Oh, do you have any other Tuesday shows you watch? Um, I don't know. I, I'm not. Key, uh, oh, that's right. I, I do day. I do it by the day. You just do a list. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Well, Bull might have been on Tuesday, which I still say it's better than I expected it to be. Um, yeah. It was a good episode. It involved a woman taking hostages and it, it was the old cliche of I'm going to take hostages because nobody will listen to me. And so I'm going to make you listen to me, but it, it played out well. I enjoyed yeah. it and, uh, it was a good episode. Okay. Good fun show. Um, lethal weapon. Yes. My biggest note that I have from this episode is I like how feather who is RJ's love interest oh at the beginning God. walked yep. out of the house with her glass of water. <laughs> kind of like a Gotham last week with the yeah, cake. You think I carefully set the cake down before being beat to death? Yes. 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 <laughs> but yeah, she like just she gets her glass of water. I'm, I'm going to take off, and you see her walk out of you with the, with the glass still, and then the door closed. I'm like, oh, she apparently is taking that with her. Um, 
this is a show that I never expected to like, never thought I would like, and so week after week I find myself enjoying the show. It's not, you know, thrilling, you know, life-changing, Emmy award-winning television by any means. It's just – it's kind of just a a fun show. If if this show was strictly an action drama, it would be terrible. It would yes. never, it would never have kept my interest as long. Like what training day is going to try to be or APB yeah. is going to try to be. It's the humor and it's the tongue in cheekiness. Uh, that's the kind of stuff that keeps me going regularly. Yep. No, I, I agree with you there. It's, it's definitely, um, that, that humor element in the show that makes me keep watching it. Yes. Um, See, I believe – was this the episode where – other than the feather thing? Yeah, this is the episode where it's like the anniversary of Riggs' wife's death or yes. birthday or something like that. A so year he, and a day. Yeah, so he goes – ties one on and has sex with a random stranger and then feels guilty about it the whole episode and just starts drinking, binge drinking. And uh, till he tells Roger what happened and then his ex-father-in-law is like, but we're there for you. And he's like, nah, you can't be though. Because I can't be around you because it reminds me too much of her. Yeah, he basically tells him, you know, you were her family. I just got lucky for a while. Yeah. Yeah. So I I feel like he's kind of severed that tie, but it's not going to be gone. Yeah. I think we'll come back to that. Yeah. yeah. Well, he's got the Murtaugh's now to hang his hat on. And, and yes. Yeah. I, I, uh, I have to tell you, after last week's episode and the talk that we had, I've done some some looking and I found the urban definition, urban dictionary definition of hoopty, which is okay, what they kept calling it. that car. And it made yeah. me laugh. So a hoopty, according to urban dictionary is any car that meets the following. Okay. And so it's a list of different things. Like one, the driver must enter the car through the passenger side. <laughs> uh, B three different brand and size of tires. Three of them missing hubcaps. Yep. Uh, the exhaust is held up by half a clothes hanger. Other half replaces the antenna. Um, it backfires every three blocks. Loudest backfire being when the car is turned off. I've had that car before. Uh, you must open the driver's... Uh, what is this? Oh, you must open the door at drive-through windows and because they don't roll down. <laughs> uh, you only get one AM station and the tape deck eats all tapes inserted. You can't open the glove box as the whole thing will fall out Yeah, in there. Uh, if you let go of the steering wheel while driving, you'll make a U-turn. <laughs> uh, you must manually move the blinker lever up and down as it no longer blinks on its own. <laughs> uh, you must keep one foot on the brake and one foot on the accelerator when at a complete stop. Oh, my God. I have that car. <laughs> yes, I do. It's the only way, the only way to keep it running. <laughs> Uh, has had the same temporary registration sticker in the window for the last 18 months. No. Or has all of the above issues, but still has a $200 professional tint job. <laughs> I had a car that, uh, I had such bad problems with the alternator and the belt and all this other stuff like that. I just, if I, when I came to a traffic light, if I didn't have my foot on the gas and the accelerator to keep the engine going, it would stall out. But not only that, if it was nighttime, I had to turn the headlights off and keep my foot on the gas and the accelerator on the gas and on the brake. Yes. And when the light turned green, I, I'd step on the gas and kick the headlights back on, and then the belt would squeak a little bit, and we'd take off. Yeah, that, that was <laughs> that was a good car. It uh, 
<laughs> Another version of the definition, which is a bit more historical, I guess, says Hoop defines its origins dating back to the mid-1950s. The original corrupted phrase is Coop D, referring to a Cadillac Coupe de Ville. Over time, Coop D was rolled together in a Hoop D, okay. used to describe anything from any old car to more specifically a large domestic sedan. There you go. Or any car that I can afford since my second divorce. <laughs> But yeah, I had to do that because it was too vague and I wanted to know. So now yeah. I know. Fair enough. But yeah, I agree with you. It's a fun show. It is not the type of show that I expect much building upon, but yeah, you know, it's been a year and a day since his wife died and that's how long the Catholic Church gave him to grieve, apparently. So now he's free to get with the uh, shrink. Yeah, apparently. If that'll happen. Probably not. No. Arrow. Yup. So Laurel's alive, quote fingers. Um, her reasoning is that Sarah picked her up on the wave rider and they used the computer to use the, 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 the fixer. Horseshit was my explanation point oh. after that. Oh, oh, oh. Hold on a second here. Yeah. I, I got to go back to Legends for just a second. You just reminded me. Okay. So how is it that when they need him to, when they need her to, Gideon can regrow an arm, but Gideon can't do anything about the chip in um, Heatwave's head. <laughs> she can regrow an arm, but right, she can't yeah. do anything. So Stein has to be a brain yeah. surgeon. No. Continue, Arrow. Well, okay. Well, it gave us that cool line of like, what are you doing? Brain surgery. Isn't it obvious? And then they just shake their head and walk off. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yep. Uh, anyway, so I, I'm, I wrote these notes as I'm watching it, you know, as it starts. Laurel, Laurel's alive. Sarah brought her back to the wave rider, blah, blah, blah. I wrote horse shit. Uh, Oliver is the only one that basically, like, like Felicity's like, no, no, this is not happening. This is not real. This yeah. makes no sense. Oliver's like, oh, Laurel's back. Yeah. And then Felicity likes, I'm going to go along with it because I want to get her DNA. And I love the point when she runs her DNA. It's, the, it's a DNA match. It's really her. I don't see how this could happen. And then Raps is like, Unless she had an evil twin. <laughs> and then Felicity's like, oh my god, she does. And he's like, what? No. Yeah. So I just, yeah, I checked with Cisco and she did escape. Um, so that was kind of, that was kind of cool. It's a way to bring that character in. Um, but didn't that also seem like the kind of info that Cisco would have shared before this? Like, hey, by the way, guys. Well, no, because they didn't know until they went and looked. Uh, that was they did say that in the episode because I was calling this. I had started writing that, but Felicity did note that it wasn't until they contacted them and they went and checked on her that they saw that she was gone. So they must not have brought her food for a while, I guess. Yeah, because I like. <laughs> I just reminds me of that, like who takes care of them thing, and you have that that little short of Barry delivering them all takeout food. Mm -hmm. Like I just, yeah. um, where's the budget for that? So, anyways, yeah. and, and why did he only break her out? Right. Well, because it's all he needed, I guess. I don't know. Um, but of course, Oliver attaches himself to the fake Laurel because he blames himself for real Laurel's death. I'm tired of his stupid. Guilt crap. I'm, he blames I'm over himself it. for everything in the world. Exactly. Mad Dog was actually a likable character in this episode. For once. 
until the end. Yeah. <laughs> but he was just really supportive of Mr. Terrific, you know, and I thought that was, all right, that's good. It's different depth for this character. Right. Um, was it, uh, I don't know what they call Laurel's character, the evil one. It's not the Black, Black Canary. Siren. Black Siren. Um, I like Black Siren's uh, costume better than Black Canary's. Just say that real quick. And, um, yeah. That's, um, so so about she's it. now out there. Prometheus is out there. Prometheus is out there. She, wait, she escaped at the end? Did she? No, I don't remember. I, I, don't I lost interest, so. honestly. Yeah, I, I was no. watching it and I went, I don't care about this. No, she didn't escape. She's she's somewhere. Oh, she's in Iron Heights. Oh yeah, because that'll hold. She her. was she was sent to Iron Heights, and then uh, there's got to be someone out there that can you know be her, and then cut to Hud City and random chick who has yeah. some sort of canary cry herself. Yeah, uh, but more importantly, Talia Al Ghul shows up in this episode. Yeah, in a flashback. Yeah. In a flashback, we meet Ty Al Ghul in this episode. So, yep. yeah. And the actress who plays her was recently on Fear the Walking Dead, I believe. Take your word for it. Yep. I don't watch that show. But, uh, yeah, so that's that. Arrow, if it wasn't for Legends, Arrow would be my least favorite of the shows. <laughs> and I think that it's kind of tied with Legends. I, say, I don't know. They're neck and neck sometimes. Yeah. Legends at least has some funny lines sometimes. Yeah, Arrow doesn't even have that. They used to. Nope. Felicity used to have some nice banter, and Felicity yep. and Curtis used to have some great banter. Felicity and Ray used to have some great banter, but now it's more just somber and stupid and morose. And brooding. Yeah. Lots of brooding. Yeah, lots of brooding. God, so much brooding. Excessive amounts of brooding. And why do we have to always have one specific Archer-themed enemy? You know, or one specific overpowering enemy who is the constant strife throughout the entire season. You know? I don't know, sir. I gave up on that because Arrow has all the Archer enemies. Flash has all kinds of Speed Force people. That's just with the, with the territory. Yeah. Yep. And then they took all of those enemies and gave them to Legends because they were like, well, we had Vandal Savage-ish. Yeah. Vandal Savage Light. And, yep. uh... So now we've got to do something else. I don't know. Uh, Grim. Holy God. Um. So I watched. Uh, I don't know if we remember talking about it or not, but I, I had not. I don't think I had watched Grim last week. By the time the episode we did the show, correct. And I think I messaged you that, yeah, holy crap, is she a massive Mary Sue? Like, uh, yeah. Being able to read the cloth, being able to change Nick back when Nick couldn't change back. I mean, yeah, everything. And then this week's episode. But we did get a Monster of the Week episode. Yep. But it was a different type of – he was a, a Vessin that was, that was um, misunderstood. Dude, I'm just going to say it. Somebody on that writing staff – Read Civil War Two, yeah, the, the comic series, yeah, and basically said, "Oh, we should do something like that. We'll have a Vessen that can see the future, and you know, they'll have to struggle with whether or not it's right to to listen to him, or if they should, you know, stop him." It, it, 
it could not have been more ripped out of Civil War II if they had tried. Sorry. Fair enough. All right, yeah, fair enough. I agree with you on that one. Um, but I'm just glad we got to we got we went back to a monster of the week type episode. Yes, you know we got the captain is the captain and he's he's pissed off about what happened, but he's just resigned himself that oh, this is it is what it is. Um, we have Diana with her like I want to see Daddy, and then I keep waiting for her to kill Nick, and then we get the uh, basically like well just make sure Nick doesn't hurt Mommy. Oh, he would regret it if he did. So I don't know. I'm, uh, I don't, I don't, whatever. Um, but I'm glad, like I said, we're back to the Monster of the Week episode. Uh, we had Rosalie and um, talking about wanting to leave Portland because she was pregnant with apparently multiple things. Yeah, because we had to give Diana that little line too. You yeah, know, yeah. you've got a baby in you. No, more than one. Well, yeah. how many? I don't know. So we're yeah. led to believe it's a litter, I guess. Yeah, well, they are vessels, so I guess she could have a litter in her. I don't know. Kind of animalist, I guess. Yep. But um, I don't know. I, I still like. I didn't hate the episode by any means. I was just glad to see us go back to that format and that you know, a little on the sad side that we have eight episodes left. See, for me, it was the opposite. For me, I was like, thank God there are only eight episodes left because this show has become a shadow of its former self. <sighs> no, you're right. But my see, okay. My hope is now that we've got back to the Monster Week episode that going forward it's going to return to its great prominence of the past. Except the fact that we had the whole Eve struggling down in the tunnels, grabbing the stick and having it burn her. And, you know, we, we could see it. She's going to become Juliet again. I know. You know, I, I made a note. And I can't remember if this was from last season or if I just hadn't noticed it this season. But she is no longer Bitsy Tulik. In the credits, she is now Elizabeth Tulick in the credits. Oh, I don't, I didn't notice that. Does yeah. that make a difference? Oh, yeah, because now she's going to be, you know, professional. She's not going to be Bitsy. She's going to be Elizabeth. Huh. Uh, and, you know, so we see that struggle. We see Adeline and Nick trying to get their lives back. Well, what's going on with Nick's kid? You know, why is it that Diana gets the spotlight? Because Kelly's a baby. But still, shouldn't Kelly have been exhibiting some kind of power by now? I'm getting a little sick. I'm, I'm over Diana. How about that? I am completely over Diana and her stupid, you know, they, it's like they keep thrusting it down our throat that she is so powerful, you know? I want to cook dinner with you, daddy. And he's like, well, honey, you can't put that in until the water's boiling. It is. And then she just does her purple eye thing and suddenly the water's boiling. I'm sorry. Eat a dick, kid. <laughs> I mean, of all the things that I watched this week, that kid is the most frustrating thing that I have had to put my eyes on. She is. They jumped the shark with her, and week after week after week, they've painted themselves in a corner where they, unless they kill her or make her disappear, that they, they, they're stuck with this. Yeah. And they're yeah. stuck with this, you know, omnipotent child. Sees yeah. all, knows all, can do all. And why? Is this really the first time in the history of the world that a Hexen Beast and a, what is he, a Zaur, Zaur Beast? Something, yeah. Ha- have gotten together? Is this really the first time this has ever happened? Apparently. God, it's, it, and he's not even a full, he's a half Zaur yeah. Beast. Yep. Yeah. Oh. That kid, that it, 
it's ruining all sense of mysticism from the show. You know, I, I always liked the fact that this show was kind of grounded. You know, they had a trailer full of medieval type weapons. Here's a crossbow that'll work particularly well on these guys. Not because it's magical, but because they move really quickly. And if you can hit them with wooden stakes, it burns yeah. their skin, you know, or here's a mace or here's a flail. Now right. it's, you know, this kid's making jars float around and explode into fireworks and, it's more magic than it was. But even bad magic. Yeah. Lazy writing magic. Well, I don't I don't I didn't I don't watch the next week on Grimm, so I don't know what's happening next week, but I'm hoping I'm hoping it'll be better for you. Mm, me too. For me, for all of us. I, I definitely though, my biggest note was I'm glad this is the final season because if they were still going strong, I think I would have quit it by now. Honestly. Yep. yep. I agree with you. I agree with you. Just, um, you know, only more episodes, so it's not like there's that much longer to hold out for. Right. So, Emerald City. I'm one episode behind on this. I'm actually all caught up. Okay. So the last one that I saw was the one where uh, we got the introduction of the Tin Man, basically. Yes, yes. Where Jack, he had fallen off some roof and... Yeah. He was pushed by Tip. Pushed by Tip, yeah. After he kissed her. Yeah. Yeah. And because Tip's angry that he's not a boy. She's not a boy. I don't right. know. So here, here's the deal, okay? So I watched the first couple episodes because I think they had five now, right? I think so, yep. Yeah. And so I watched the, the first double episode. I watched the episode after that. And I was just like, nah, I don't care for this show. And I, I said my bit about it. I've, I've watched, I'm caught up now. I've watched all episodes to date. I'm still not. I'm still not on board that I like the show. Um, like I liked episodes three and four. Hold on a second. I'm sorry. Sorry, I had to cough. I liked episodes three and four, and I thought, oh, okay, I can get back on board with this. Um, and then episode five, the most recent episode, I was just like. Right back to being like, oh, come on. Like, there was a line in episode three or four that I thought was funny when Tip was uh, basically brought to the the orphanage and then she had to choose which witch she wanted to go with. Yep. And her, her response is, her line is, so you're saying my only choice as a girl is none or whore? Yeah. <laughs> I mean, she summed it up. And they both were like, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> um. You know, we learned that the we learned that the the woman at the beginning, the doctor there, that that's Dorothy's mom, and she's from Oz, yeah. and so we learned that in episode three or four. I mean, three or four episodes, three and four, I enjoyed. I thought, okay, if this is how the show's going to go, I can be on board. I can watch the show. We saw some more magic. We saw this. We saw you know a bunch of different things. We met a girl who likes to wear lots of masks for reasons I we don't know. Um, Creepy but kind of cool. And she gets she has an even creeper outfit on in episode five, by the way. Oh, excellent! But the major story in episode five, like when I watched, I just found myself like just rolling my eyes and be like, Um, you know, the end was kind of like a ooh, okay, but I don't know. So I'm gonna watch it again. I'm still not sold that I like the show. Mm -hmm. Um. But it's you're just, you're more on board with it than you were before. 
Yeah, it's interesting enough that I, I kind of want to see where they're going, mm-hmm. and, but not because I'm like, wow, this is so great. I want to see this is going. I kind of like – it's weird. It's like it's hooked me in because like I want to be like, is this just going to get really terrible? Are they going to completely <laughs> screw this up? Like I'm almost kind of on board. It's like I, I'm watching a train wreck. I can't look away. Gotcha. And every once in a while, you know, like something good happens. I don't know. It's weird to say. But anyhow. See, I'm that, still enjoying it thoroughly. Yeah, well, again, I did like three and four, yep. and then five. I look forward to what you have to say about five because five, I was just like, no, okay, no, excellent. So I got a new show I watched this week, but why don't you? Do you have anything else you want to talk about? Um, there were a couple of shows that came back, and then one new show. So what came back? Uh. The Path came back, and I know how much you loved The Path on Hulu. I'm going to mute myself now so you don't hear me making vomit noises. All right. So The Path came back. I watched the first episode. Uh, unlike a lot of other Hulu shows, they're releasing this one in weekly doses. So, you know, every Wednesday or Thursday you get a new episode. I think it's Wednesday. So I watched the first episode back, and uh, <coughs> it picks up where the second or where the first season ended pretty much, you know, a little time has gone by. Aaron Paul's character is still out. You know, he's been, uh, excommunicated as it were. His wife feels bad. Kind of. She, she wants him on his birthday to be able to see his kids, but they have to hide that from everybody else because, you know, everybody else will, uh, not appreciate that they'll basically want her dead because he's a non-believer and he shouldn't be talked to and even hawk his son feels the same way it it was it was a good episode i still enjoy this show um it was kind of a catch-up episode let's bring everybody back up to speed let's show where mary the uh the druggy horror girl is you know she's pregnant now but it's going to be one of those things where her baby's going to come out and it's either going to have some uh, African-American tintage to show that it's with her husband or it's going to be a pure white baby to show, you know, that Cal had his way with her many times. And that's not going to be enjoyable for me to watch because I hate that kind of stuff, you know, where we have to figure out who the baby daddy is. I, I don't watch talk shows for that reason. I don't care to to play the who the baby daddy game. But, you know, Aaron Paul's wife is, um, she's becoming a little disillusioned with Cal because Cal is out of control and wants to do things his own way. It was really weird, though, because we got these scenes of, you know, if you watch the first season... Uh, Steve, or Doc, as he calls him, uh, was laying in a hospital bed, supposedly dying. Um, and then we got these scenes interspersed throughout this episode where he woke up and he got out of his hospital bed and was running around very lucid and very clear and said that he had to find the sun. And he ran out into the streets and then he ended up on a cliffside and Aaron Paul's character came to him and was like trying to talk him down and grabbed hold of him and then lightning struck them and Doc died and now Aaron Paul's character has this giant scar on his arm and on his back that looks like either a tree or like lightning. And so it's probably a sign that he is the next 
you know, leader of their movement, but he's not going to tell anybody that because he doesn't want it. And it, it's going to present some trouble if people discover this. Um, yeah, it, it's a good show. I like it. I know a lot of people like it. I know you don't like it, Mike, but I very much enjoy it. And I'm looking forward to the one a week episode thing so that I don't feel like I have to binge it all the time. I do like how how Hulu would do that with some of their shows. They yeah. release them, you know, as opposed to just all at once. Yep. And uh, the other show for me that came back this week was season two of The Magicians. And I think you remember me talking about that one from the uh, first season sci-fi show. But feels like it was filmed on some other medium because there's a lot of swearing in it and they have to edit it all out. Um, it, Which can, channel is it on now? It's on Sci-Fi, and the whole okay. first season is up on Netflix. And yes, I saw that. It's an enjoyable show. It really is. It's dark and it's twisted in some ways. Um, it involves severing of appendages, you know, uh, gouging out of eyes, rape. Oh. Ooh, yeah. Great. Um, but this season booted off right where the left, last one left off, and we had to uh, crown some kings and queens of Fillory so that they can uh, have the power to get into the Magic Tower and get the uh, spells that they're going to need to stop the beast. I like this show. I really enjoy it. It's hard to do it justice just by talking about it because it is weird to watch. A lot of the stuff that they do is bizarre. But it's the type of thing, like, I introduced a friend to it, and they agreed that it is, like, it's not the greatest show in the world. It's like Shut Eye, you know? It's not, oh my god, this is so amazing, I have to keep watching it. But it is really an enjoyable show. It's something that kind of hooks you right in, and you want to see what's happening next. If you like magic, if you like a bit of a mystery, uh, if you like debauchery, then... I strongly suggest, you know, jump on Netflix, catch up, and then season two is airing now on Sci-Fi. I think it's on Tuesdays or Wednesdays. Um, it's uh, it's a great show. Strongly suggest. And what was the new show you watched? Riverdale. I, too, watched Riverdale. That was my new show I watched as well. And just without going into detail, what is your overall impression? Not impressed. I, too, am not impressed. Um, it's okay. So is, Jughead's the narrator. Yep. Is that what we're led to believe? Like he's not some burger loving doofus. He's. No, they went in a completely different direction. He, he's like – he's writing a book about everything. He's kind of like the big narrator. Basically, this is it. Here's a big spoiler alert, everybody. <clears throat> show starts off dark, talking about the, de the death of a kid named Jason Blossom. His sister's really unhappy about it. And then at the end of the episode, they find his body washed ashore. And by the way, it's been months. Yeah, this happened on July summer. 4th. This happened on July 4th, and now it's the beginning of the school year, and his body's washed ashore, and he's got a bullet in his head, which completely contradicts his sister's story of we were going canoeing or going boating, and I dropped something, and he fell out and got swept away. Dude, 
it, her story was like Victorian esque. Like, yeah, they were dressed in their Sunday finest. She was wearing like a white gown, and he was dressed up in like a three piece suit. And they were rowing out into the middle of the lake, and she dropped one of her dainty white gloves, and he reached into the water to get it, and fell in, and drowned. Nobody yes. ever saw him again until yeah. he washed up. It was That's... really kind of creepy, and I was excited at first when I saw that part because I was like, ooh, this is going to be like dark and twisted and maudlin, and no. No, that that's not where it continued with at all. Yeah, no, it wasn't. Um, it's a lot of CW teenage angst drama stuff. You know, Veronica gets introduced. She becomes friends with Betty. They both want Archie, Betty especially. Archie wants nothing to do with Betty or Veronica because all summer long he was boning his teacher apparently. Which, if I remember the comments correctly, wasn't Miss Grundy like old and bespeckled? I'm pretty sure Miss Grundy was old and bespeckled in the comics, but... Nothing, this this is not the comics at all. Oh, no, 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 no. she's a hottie with a body. Yes. And they were, you know, having sex in the back of a car and pretty much the woods and anywhere else they could, you know, manage to lay down and bone. Yep. Pretty much all summer long. And Archie's, but now Archie's really serious about his music and he wants to have an independent study with her. Uh, but you know, only, only about music, not, not about loving. Right. That's off the books, but he doesn't like anyone else but her. Yeah. And, you know, I'm waiting for, I'm imagining we're going to go to like mid season, you know, so like five or six episodes in before we reveal that she's pregnant. Oh yeah. I totally think that's going to happen as well. Because that would be just the kind of hook this drama needs. Yeah. Um, but yeah, all the girls want the ginger hottie and yeah, I, some of the characters were actually good versions of what could have been horrible stereotypes. You know, Betty is the, the nerdy, does everything perfectly type person, but it's because her mother drives her that far. So yeah. that was a nice little twist. Veronica is the bad girl, but she does it in a good way. She's not just like trying to cut people and, you know, oust herself from all social gatherings. She seems to genuinely want to fit in. Yeah, because her and her mom came back to Riverdale because their dad got arrested for... Her dad was arrested for fraud and embezzlement. So she's a pariah and everybody knows it. But the, the sister, the twin sister of the dead kid is so over the top Heathers slash Mean Girls slash... Cruel Intentions. Yes. Yes, I just want to kick her in the head. It was yeah. unbearable to watch her on screen at it any point. It is overly excessive. And the biggest problem that I had for this show was where's the supernatural element? Well, I didn't know there was going to be one. See, I had heard there was going to be a supernatural element, and that's the whole okay. reason that they moved it to Thursday after Supernatural. Oh, see, I didn't know there was going to be one. I'm starting to think that I I live in an alternate reality here because I was certain that that was the hook of it, that, you know, it was going to be like a horror-based kind of thing. Oh, see, I I didn't know it was – I didn't have that assumption, I guess, myself. 
when I watched it or when I knew it was going to be on or whatever you want to say. I right. didn't have that. Oh, it was going to be horror based. I had it was going to be just big old teen angsty drama y, unlike the comic books. Unlike anything we've seen. Oh, don't forget Josie and the Pussycats are on it. Yes, yep. Very briefly in two different little cameo parts. Yep. Yep. You know, they're and they had a, to make uh, sure to let you know that they're building their own brand. Yep. And that the cat ears are part of their look and their brand, so you best back off, white boy. I'm smelling spin off. Um What was it? oh yeah, and then the end of the show. There's a whole monologue by Jughead because we find out later he's the one writing the story. Uh, but there's a whole monologue by Jughead about how uh, they find Jason Blossom's body and that the following Tuesday they make their first arrest in the investigation of his hump murder and on and on and on. And Archie and his Miss Grundy, they were uh, 6 a.m. July 4th. They were boning out by the lake and they heard a gunshot. And she's like, oh, that was just fireworks. I'm like, no, lady, that was a gunshot. You're an idiot. Yeah. Um, but they can't tell anyone about it because then they'd know that they were having an affair. And I believe they say they're sophomores. Yep, they are. Uh, so that's statutory rape. Yeah, well, not only that, but, I mean, that if they would have made them juniors, I would have been more believable than the yeah. fact they made them sophomores. <laughs> yeah. I realize it's one year, but that's the difference between being 15 and 16, 17, 14, 15 or 16, 17. You know what I mean? Yeah. 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 So I didn't. Yeah. I don't know. 16 sounds way much older than 15 does in my mind. Yeah. But anyways. This show is going to last forever. Oh, it is. Yeah, it will. Yeah. It's the next Pretty Little Liars the next Vampire Diaries, because Vampire Diaries is getting done. we got to fill the gap. That's right. And uh, this mystery show that, you know, honestly, like, they could have just given these characters all different names in a window matter. They didn't have to call it Riverdale. They didn't have to link it to Archie in any way, shape, or form. Right. Other than, like, all right, by calling it Riverdale and Archie, if you're anyone familiar with all the comics, it gives you a kind of an idea of, like, the storyline – but not at the all. The basic storyline of, you know, Archie, Veronica, and Betty love Archie. Yeah. Which is pretty much it, because otherwise everything else is different. Yep. Because even Pops isn't, like, in the comic, Pops is a white guy who runs a burger stand, burger mm-hmm. joint. And now Pops is a black guy that runs a burger joint. Yep. Not that that changes his character or whatever, but, like, now Pops isn't, like, the teen hangout place anymore. It's, like, it's open late at night, like, past midnight and stuff, and it's still the teen hangout, but it's not that 1950s, you know, type one. It's it's more like a dark, gloomy diner. And how did they manage to pepper the cast of the parents with all of these washed-up, B-rated actors and actresses? You like you know, Archie's dad's Luke Perry? Yeah, or uh, Betty's mom, Madgen Amick, or yeah. Veronica's mom, Marisol Nichols. I mean, how did they do this? How did they select all of these people who you recognize them either by name or by sight or both, but at the same time yeah. they were never like huge stars? 
Oh, and let's not forget either that Archie is so conflicted because he has all these women throwing themselves at him, and he kind of wants Veronica, but kind of is still loyal to his teacher, but he really wants to focus on his music, man, but his dad works in the coal mine and really wants him to, you know, come back and work with him after he goes to business school, which he's only going to do if he gets that scholarship from playing varsity football. Because he made the varsity football team, and Betty's his best friend, and he doesn't see anything romantically with them, but Betty does, and he doesn't want to lose his best friend. Yeah, and she's going to yeah. be a cheerleader this year because Veronica gave her a lesbian kiss and, you know, yeah. got her onto the team. And This is so teen angst movie, it's sickening. Yeah. Yeah, it really is. I'm giving it one more episode. I want to see what they do with a spin on the next episode. Yeah. Mostly kinda, just because I don't have any conflicts. I kind of also want to see what's going to happen as far as they made an arrest. All right. Who got arrested? This could be the show that I watch just so that I have something to rag on every week. That's not DC comics related. <laughs> okay. 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 Cause you know, there are, there are spots for stuff like that. Yep. It could be the uh, where I direct all of my rage and ire. So, uh, moving on. Yep. I watched in uh, – th- there's a show I watch occasionally, and I, I don't ever talk about it on here, but I'm going to talk about this one because Kate and I watched it together, and I really enjoyed this episode. And it's Expedition Unknown, hosted by Josh Gates. And this episode was about D.B. Cooper. Oh, nice. And if you're not familiar with D.B. Cooper – this was a guy that back in 1972 hijacked a plane, demanded $200,000 and four parachutes, and allegedly parachuted out of the plane into the darkness and has never been seen or heard from again. And some people think he's dead. Some people think he's alive. Or some people think he survived the jump and he was alive. He could be dead now. Who knows? They never proved, They never discovered who this person was, and in July 2016, the FBI officially closed the case on it and pushed it to the side. They were done with it, you know, after all this time. So, why I want to talk about it is that this was a presentation of events that happened that I've never seen before in the case. Because I remember watching Unsolved Mysteries and them talking about D.B. Cooper. So, first of all, D.B. Cooper is a typo. The guy's name on the ticket said Dan Cooper. So the D.B. Cooper has nothing to do with him. Is actually the name that he put on the ticket was Dan Cooper. So why is it a typo and why has it lasted this long? Um, same reason why the description of him that was put out of being slick back hair, debonair, black suit, black tie, and on and on and on does not match the actual FBI files, uh, eyewitness testimonies of what this person looked like. Um, he doesn't really explain how the media ran with the D.B. Cooper thing, but they have the actual ticket showing the name Dan Cooper on it. And then they relate to Dan Cooper being a – I think it was like a Croatian comic book character that was also in Canada. And basically he was a World War II guy that used to jump out of planes. So that's where they think he got the name Dan Cooper from. And this is stuff the FBI has in their files. And it's 
but it's still the, the the popular opinion of the public or the popular description has always been this DB Cooper thing and and the look that he has in the sketches, not so much what they actually have from the eyewitness testimony and from the evidence on the ticket of his name being Dan Cooper. So I thought that was funny mm-hmm. or odd because yep. this first I'd heard of that was the Dan Cooper thing. So here's the biggest piece because what happened was is allegedly so. He hijacks his plane that's going from Seattle to Portland, and then when they land in Portland, he says he has a bomb in a suitcase. He wants four suit. He wants four parachutes and two hundred thousand dollars. And then when the plane takes off to go to Reno, because he wants to go to Mexico eventually, but they have to go to Reno to refuel, and then they'd go to Mexico after that. Uh, after the plane takes off at eight thirteen p.m., he sends the flight attendant to the cabin because the only people on the plane are. are Cooper, the flight attendant, and the pilot and co-pilot. He sends the flight attendant up with the pilot, and then it's believed he lowers the stairs on the plane and jumps off. And they record the time of 8.13 that he think they think he jumped off then because of that's when the stairs were lowered. And so it, it changed the – decompressurized the cabin, and they had to change like some stuff on the flight to keep the, the plane from bopping around. But here's one thing I, that I had heard before, but I didn't really think about it. They never went back and checked to see if he was on the plane. Like the flight attendant and the co-pilot and the pilot never left the cabin. They flew. They landed in Reno. The police got on the plane and cleared the plane, and they didn't find him. So when they did the search for him, they searched where they felt on the flight plan he was from when he jumped out based on the time when they noted the 813 where the cabin depressurized from him lowering the lower stairs. Well, um, the only evidence they found of him after that was – I think it was 1980. They found some of the marked bills buried in the sand on the shoreline in, in Washington. I think it was Washington State. might have been Oregon. I know it was Washington State. Some kid was there, and they found like 5600 bucks or 2500 bucks buried in the sand there, and it had bills. The bills were, were marked – the marked bills from the money that D.B. Cooper got. Otherwise, there's been no evidence of anything uh, to speak of. So this one guy, this this world uh, Vietnam veteran who was uh, used to jump out of planes in Vietnam and whatnot, he has a theory that what Cooper actually did was is he lowered the gate the uh, the, the stairs then, and then he maybe jumped up and down them to make it shake a little bit, so they would they 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 thought he jumped out then. They recorded that time, but that he actually stayed on the stairs of the plane until they were over Reno, and then as they were making the descent into Reno, that's when he jumped. Because where he was in Washington was big, thick, full Pacific Northwest forests. And that was always the thing is that he jumped out in the, and it was dark too. It was the black of night, jumped in this heavily wooded forested area, which would be pretty dangerous. And that's why a lot of people think either he didn't survive the, 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 the jump or then they've just never found him or, you know, Maybe he somehow got away but died later from injuries or something. They just, it wasn't believable that he jumped in this big forested area, but that's what they had. So that's what they've always searched. Well, this other guy thinks he jumped as they were descending into Reno because there's no trees there. It's a desert. There's just desert brush life. There's no cactus. There's no anything. And they showed it. They like – Dan uh, – Josh Gates, I mean, jumped from a plane as – where they feel like this is probably the likely spot where he actually jumped. And it kind of makes more sense that he would jump there as opposed to Washington because there was nothing to hit in the darkness. He would just land on the ground. And then there was a um, 
someone had taken a newspaper from and then cut letters out and sent it off to this uh, uh, newspaper in Reno. And it said, thanks for the hospitality, Reno. And then like DB Cooper or Dan Cooper or whatever it was is what he, they signed it as. And that was sent a few days after the incident. So um, who knows? But I just thought it was really, really interesting. And it gave you a new perspective on what might have happened. And it seems more believable, but I don't know. I guess we'll never know, but I don't know. I thought it was interesting. That is some interesting stuff. I'm glad that it's still a mystery, though. Yes, I kind of am, too, because it's it's the only unsolved, like, hijacking, or it's the only unsolved anything of its kind in, in United States history, kind of, of like that. You know what I mean? Of that type of incident. Um, so, yeah, it is kind of neat. Nice. Yeah. And Josh Gates is a cool guy, so I do enjoy. I, I love Destination Truth. I've I've watched every. I've watched most of all the episodes of Expedition Unknown. Um, but yeah, it's a it's a good show. I just have news and stuff left now. I don't have any more shows I watched. Did you watch any other shows? I didn't watch any of the shows. I didn't watch any movies. Um, if I did see trailers, they uh, they didn't really impress me. Yeah, same here. I guess. Well, the big news is that. We have a title for Star Wars Episode Eight. Yes, we do. The Last Jedi. Yep. And people are flipping out and freaking out, and I think it's very simple. Myself, but you know, people are are you know, well, what does this mean? What does it mean? Oh my God! You know, what what's it going to mean? Are you going to kill off Luke? Are you going to do this? Who's the last Jedi? Luke's the last Jedi. Plain and simple. Well, you know. Uh, the other thing to consider is Jedi's plural. Yeah. Singular yep. or plural. Yep. I mean, it could be either or. Could be. <laughs> but my thought is, you know, the, the Emperor and Vader purged the galaxy. They went through killing. Um, yeah. Obi-Wan said that there were only a couple of them left. Yep. Uh, and Yoda died. Obi-Wan died. The only one left at the end was Luke. Now, Leia was force sensitive. Um, Luke was trying to train some kids, but as far as the title of Jedi, like he was the end of that era. He was the end of the Jedi order. And in all the expanded universe stuff, he started the new Jedi order, you know, Mm -hmm. his own temple with his own beliefs where like you could fall in love and you could have a family and stuff like that. But I think that it's just, uh, uh, he was the last one that was trained as a quote unquote Jedi and it's time to move on. You know, we saw the, uh, in Rogue One, we saw the fall of the Jedi temple. They yep. talked about how the Jedi were no more. They were the remnants. Yep. So I just, I think that that's all it is myself, but it could be more. There could be so more. So it's just going to gonna it. be a story about Luke and he's the last Jedi and that Ray who's got force capabilities or force sensitive or has the power of the force. Yep. It's just, yeah. Just yeah. doesn't have a title. Right. Exactly. Have a title. Yeah. Because the Jedi Order is no more, technically. Well, it's like I could pick up a gun and I could go and say that I'm defending Maine, but it it doesn't mean that I could say I'm a Marine. Correct. You know? so Not correct. It, I, I haven't had the training. I haven't inducted myself into their organization. You know, I, I can't say I'm FBI. I can't say I am a police officer. So mm-hmm. that's how I look oh, very at true. it. What about you? Um, well, my other news I have is uh, Veronica Mars creator wants to do six more episodes of the show. Cool. Um, 
hasn't he doesn't want to do a fan he doesn't want to do like the uh, Kickstarter again or the fan driven he wants to try and get you know get do it the old fashioned way I guess but he wants to do six episodes okay um, Girl Meets World has been canceled after season three oh um, I liked it when they launched the show they had in mind to do four seasons so his storyline went four seasons. Uh, Michael Jacobs, who created Boy Meets World and now Girl Meets World. So he is actually shopping it around to see if anyone wants to pick it up for a fourth season. Netflix is apparently not interested, but we'll see, I guess. Gotcha. Uh, oh, yeah. Martin Freeman joined the cast of Black Panther. Yeah. yeah. That, that's kind of cool interesting. Because yeah. it wouldn't be cool to somehow see Martin Freeman and Benedict Cumberbatch uh, and together. And, and uh, like the Avengers, whatever. Oh, they have to at this point. <laughs> and they could just do some little inside joke. <laughs> yep. They um, have to. Yeah. Okay, did you read this? That apparently Logan is not really in the X-Men timeline, but it's a standalone flick? I saw something about that. I And I call bullshit. I do, too. That's that you know like that's that's garbage if that's really what they're trying to say. If that's the way of getting out of like I don't know. That I just call horseshit on that one. I do as well. I I don't think that they can just say how can they do that? You know, how can they say that this is outside the timeline. Like, are they trying to tie it into their other properties or what are they thinking? I know that at the same time they've announced that there's a, uh, an X-Men TV show that they're really going to work on this time. Not like the last three times that they've said that they were going to yeah, work on. Well, it. yeah. And allegedly Brian Singer is going to direct the first episode or the first four episodes or something like that. Yeah. yeah. And they said that it's going to be way better than the movies and continuity and blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Because now they're saying, well, Legion, Legion doesn't actually really tie into the X-Men universe anymore either. Right. Originally they said that it did. Like it was – that's what was unique about it is it was actually tied into the X-Men films. But now they're saying, well, maybe it doesn't. But this new series that Brian Singer's doing, oh, it totally does. Yeah. So I don't know. I don't know. Uh, Rude read me something last night that was interesting where like the uh, Marvel executives or one of them, whatever it is uh, – Put the the Marvels in order, the movies and the cinematic universe in order on their timeline. Okay. And what was interesting was is that, um, of course, obviously, uh, Captain America: First Avengers first, and then uh, uh, Agent Carter second in the storylines. And it goes Iron Man, Iron Man two. I don't have them all in front of me, but the one that I thought was interesting is in the order of the timeline. It goes Guardians of the Galaxy. And then Guardians of the Galaxy 2. Okay. And the fact that Doctor Strange takes place after Spider-Man, even though Spider-Man comes out after it. Interesting. Yeah, I, I wish I wish I had the list in front of me now that I'm talking about it. I meant to pull it up, but I forgot. But yeah, so it was kind of interesting how like things were pretty much in order of the way they were released, but not completely. But everything's supposed to line up when they finally do Avengers Infinity Wars Part 1. Okay. Everything is supposed to line up to that. So. Gotcha. But, uh, yeah, that's that's everything I got. Um, we lost a couple of uh, high-profile actors this past week. Oh, yeah. We lost yeah. John Hurt. 
Yes. Very powerful actor. You know, Aliens, uh, Doctor Who, Harry Potter movies. It was tragic. I guess he'd been battling, uh, what was it, colorectal cancer, cancer for a couple of years now. And yeah. it just finally got the best of him. And uh, we also lost Mary Tyler Moore. Yeah, I know. I that was kind of one like I didn't see it on the news. It just kind of popped up in my timeline, type of thing, you know. Yeah, eighty years old. Uh, tragic, you know. I, I'm not. I'm not going to say, oh god, 2016 still hasn't stopped. It, it's still going. I don't believe that kind of stuff. Um, but it, it is tragic when we lose people like that, you know, who have had a big impact on the industry that they're in. So that was kind of sad. Yeah, that is. Um, but on a uh, more fun and funny note, you know, we had all the – there are all the award shows going on right now, and they listed out, you know, uh, the Oscar picks for this year, and La La Land is now tied with – what was it? Titanic for – I don't know. One 14 of them, yeah. Oscar nominations, you know, the highest number of nominations for films. It's tied for first place, and – Congratulations. But even better than that, the Razzie nominations came out. Oh, yes. And the Razzies are so much more enjoyable because, you know, they look at the worst of the worst. They, they're the ones that take the movies that came out that everybody just crapped upon or didn't enjoy because they were crap. And they rank them, and the Razzies are always awarded the night before the Oscars, so that, you know, everybody can kind of have a good chuckle before they watch the Oscars and go, Ugh. And incidentally, Sandra Bullock has shown up before yes. at the Razzies to accept her award for Worst Actress, and then the next night at the Oscars to accept an award for Best Actress. <laughs> so that is ironic. But anyways, yes. go ahead. Yep. Uh, this year, the number one number of nominations was Zoolander number two. Got nine Razzie nominations. But second place with eight Razzie nominations was Batman vs. Superman, Dawn of Justice. No surprise, really. No. Uh, it got nominated for Worst Picture, two nominations for Worst Actor, one for Ben Affleck and one for Henry Cavill. Um, it got, I'm going down through here. Do, do, do. It didn't get anything for uh, actress or supporting actress, which is surprising. I thought Amy Adams did a terrible job, but um, we're supporting actor Jesse Eisenberg. I oh, yeah, really I think he should get that because I think he should win. Even though Nicolas Cage got a nomination for worst supporting actor in Snowden, I really want to see Jesse Eisenberg taken down for that abysmal Lex Luthor. Um, worst screen combo was Ben Affleck and his BFF Henry Cavill. Um, and let's see, worst director, Zack Snyder, um, worst prequel, remake, ripoff, or sequel, Batman vs. Superman, worst screenplay, yeah. So I'll be interested to see how the Razzies pan out, because, you know, Zoolander 2 was apparently terrible. They've got some other things in there, you know, worst picture also got nominated was Dirty Grandpa, which I had forgotten about, Gods of Egypt, which was just horrible independence day two and uh one that kept showing up was uh hillary's america the secret history of the democratic party <laughs> that showed up the in a bunch of stuff history. nice so that was worst picture worst actor worst actress i mean there were a number of them for that film 
But yeah, I've always enjoyed the Razzies much more than the Oscars because they feel more real, you know? The Oscars we've learned through Adam Ruins Everything is basically bought and paid for. You know, you put together your consideration tapes, you give gifts and presents and money, and these people will vote for you based on that. So I'd, yeah, rather, I'd yeah. rather have an award like the Razzie where it's based purely on your merit or lack thereof. Um, I don't know if it was you always talking to me about this, but you know, like they have those JD Power and Associate Awards that always come out for like vehicles or this, that, or whatever. Yes. Those are also sponsor based awards. I mean, like those are awards that, you know, like people don't go like, oh, here's money, give me the award, but it's like, here, I'm contributing to your association. Yes. And now you're considered for the award type of thing. Like a lot of those awards, I believe, are that way. I, I don't see much non biased with anything. I don't either. It sounds terrible. And it makes us sound like a couple of jaded old jerks. But the fact of the matter is you're right. A lot of it yeah. is paid for, sponsored, uh, for your consideration, endorsed. Yeah. And that's yeah. where they get their uh, awards from. So you can't really believe them all. Yeah, no, agreed. Absolutely agreed. Yeah. It's, we're definitely, we definitely don't live in a non-biased world. <laughs> But it's my hope that uh, that I buried this Razzie story at the end of the podcast. So with any luck, the uh, fans that run the Nerdy Legion, the people who really liked Batman vs. Superman, will not hear it and pull this episode too soon. Martin and Aaron. <laughs> Martin's seen Batman v Superman Donna Justice most likely at least 50 times about now. Wow. Yeah. I know. I, I know. I, I Otherwise, he's set a up nice the, guy. <laughs> I didn't set up the nominations. I didn't create the ballot. It's there. You know, they, you're just re, is, you're just reporting your findings. That's right. That's right. I also <laughs> happen to agree with said findings, but it, it was, I fully endorse said findings. Yes, <laughs> I did not send out consideration packages or anything like that. <laughs> Solid. <sighs> okay. Well. Um, that's it for me. I got nothing else. No, I think that's it for me too. Cool. All right. Well, hey, feel free to reach out to us. Let us know what you think. If you have a difference of opinion or whatnot, uh, you can find me on the Twitter machine. I'm at Superstar Mel. Twitter's not really a machine. It's a platform. I know. All right. You can find us on the Twitter at Superstar Mel. Or I'm the Quantum Geek, G33K. The show's at What Did You Watch, and we got the Facebook presence of What Did You Watch as well. What Did You Watch This Week, that is, on Facebook. And, uh, yeah, so cool. Thanks. Thanks, everybody. Talk to you next week.